Welcome to the Raw Songwriting Podcast. I am your host, David Coyle. This is part two of my interview with Timmy Reardon, the mastermind behind the Fearless Songwriter Program. In part one, we talked about his evolution as a songwriter, plus tips on how to warm up and do research before writing. We left off just before discussing our challenge songs, then went on another fascinating tangent. We, we can talk about it now or we can talk about it a little bit later, but I, I'd like to get an idea of, you know, what are some of the most influential books that you've you've oh, read man. that have influenced yeah. songwriting and your philosophy towards music? I mean, uh, obviously, uh, you know, uh, writing better lyrics is probably top of the heap. I feel like uh, writing down the bones, which is what most people, uh, most uh, college freshmen run into at some point if they've taken a, comp a composition class uh, by Natalie Goldberg. That's that's I got um, my stream of consciousness kind of philosophy mm. um, out of that, or how to you know just show up on the page and start writing. Between that and um, the artist's way, the artist's way is more of a course than a book. I was a morning pager for uh, something like two and a half years straight. Which brings me to The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, oh. um, which is um, a book divided into three sections. He talks about um, the first section dealing with what he de defines as resistance, um, you know, which anyone else might call the censor or gremlin or, you know, just that inner voice that tells you that all your work sucks um, and how dare you. So I found that book. Um, it had just been published, uh, I think, when uh, when I was early on in my songwriting career. And that, that idea of just not paying attention to resistance, uh, showing up and doing the work, which is the second, the second section of his book, is, you know, becoming professional is the uh, second section of that book, which is just showing up and sitting down and starting to write and doing that on a schedule. I was going to say every day, but I don't believe in every day. You find the thing that, you know, like you, um, I've heard you say a bunch of times, you know, you're not writing necessarily a ton outside of January. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. but January is enough. And for oh. me, that was that was a lot of the reason that I started writing a song today. If I said to myself, if I'm writing a song a day for a week, you know, two or three times a year, that's plenty. It, yeah, that's that, <laughs> that is plenty. I mean, that's uh, that, yeah. There was there was a period where I was writing maybe you know three to six songs a year, and I was just getting yeah. caught up in all the the business aspect of trying to get out there and perform um, and promote myself and and. Yeah, it just it, it just wasn't what I was in the game for because I really wanted to be writing. So yeah, yeah setting aside time for that it really helps. Yeah. But uh, to me, it's always been a game of you know what's the what's the angle to approach it at that's just going to get you motivated. I it, it's like a negotiation with yourself or your you know how do I manipulate yeah. myself to do these things? <laughs> I mean, it is it's totally. Yeah. I feel like it's there's almost like two different people, and I'm trying to you know well. What if I put it this way? Will this get you to do it? And it's it's yeah. interesting, yeah. So it's neat when you, you know, I, I'm so happy that you found you found the the routine that really works for you, and that you're being mm -hmm. utterly yeah. productive. So <laughs> and well, it sounds and, like you were you, you did the same thing though. I mean, you you found and you are redefining that routine for yourself right now. Like you found the new way to stick yourself on the hook. Yeah, uh, with the podcast. It's, yeah, it's that's the podcast. <laughs> well, what, what's great is that um, what you've done and what I, I do to, to to a lesser degree is 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 building community. You know, really, yeah. really uh, connecting with other people and and there is something kind of cool about knowing that you know maybe you helped inspire somebody else and yeah and then it gives you kind of adds that responsibility on you to keep doing it. I yeah. so yeah, it's it's. But, you know, and the funny thing is, is it's different for other people. You know, other people are going to be motivated by isolation. They're going to want to have nothing to do with anybody else. And that's how they write best. If you're a community-oriented person and you're looking for a way to motivate yourself to write music, then maybe, you know, in, in listing yeah. other people in your pursuit is the way to do it. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. And I think for my experience, uh, okay, I'm going to... I'll finish that thought. So my experience is um, 
joining a community, whether you are the leader or not, is one of the best ways to, to, to kind of um, nurture um, your creativity. Mm. Um, and it's been reinforced for me so many times, but the most recent time is I joined this thing um, in like early February uh, last uh, spring run by this guy, Seth Godin, um, who also has a blog. Um, or actually it's run by his, what is now uh, a B Corp um, that called Akimbo. But Seth Godin, I've been following him for years. He released this workshop called The Creatives Workshop. And I was like, finally, the workshop from Seth Godin for me. Because all his other workshops are like the Alt-MBA and the marketing seminar. And these are all things that at some point I, I might love to take. But like the Creatives Workshop. It's like, yes, I will, I will drop, I, I went to the thing on the first day and like it had the discounted price of like $300 for the first time or something. Oh, I was dear. Like, and this is like a hundred days of like, I didn't even know what it was, but I, I came to find out that this thing that I signed up for was a hundred days of just showing up and doing something like doing some creative oh. thing and shipping it. So every day you... You would show up at this, uh, you, you would sit down, do your work, and then you'd go to the site and you would post it on, on the site and people would say, bravo, you know? And they'd give you feedback. Um, and if you wanted like criticism, uh, critical feedback, you could get that. That workshop of having that community around you just like kind of like, bravo, you did it. You showed up and did like your 10 minutes and he defined like showing up as 10 minutes, which is another brilliant thing. Um, or even just five minutes, just like show up, do 10 minutes work and ship it. Community, whether, whether you are the leader or not, like joining the community and being part of the community, it's going to, um, it's going to nurture you. Absolutely. Um, it's going to um, just um, spur, uh, spur growth for, for you that you can't anticipate. And the third part of the, uh, of the war of art um, that uh, is uh, the muse. Um, and Stephen Pressfield is, you know, he's, in, he's a Jungian guy. So he, he says, you know, the muse is either, and he's also a, a big fan of uh, Greek uh, philosophy, or not philosophy, mythology, which makes him a Jungian as well. Um, but anyway, um, so the muse can be... Um, this airy otherworldly being that comes down and says, you know, here is your song. And if it is that for you, showing up and sweeping your doorstep and having some kind of invocation, uh, some kind of ritual that invites the muse into your life and treating the muse well and offering it, you know, whatever uh, offerings or sacrifices um, are appropriate um, is part of the deal. You know, this is a guy who was a Marine <laughs> and, you know, spends half his, you know, a full third of the book, um, or actually a full two thirds of the book, defining the enemy and telling you how to defeat it. And then mm. he goes on to this third section that is just all about the magic. Um, as Elizabeth Gilbert would talk about it, you know, that, you know, this kind of mystical force that comes from who knows where. Um, and anyone who deals with creativity, I think, kind of has a sense whether they, you know, kind of believe in the spirit world or not. There's, there's that black box that you're like, I don't know. <laughs> Where does yeah. this come from? I have no idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, and he also, and on the psychology side, he kind of talks about that, like that kind of super ego that's like outside of our conscious mind, the subconscious, that... Um, is also fed by those very same things that the muse would be fed by. So if you don't want to call it the muse, like I very much like am willing to go and say, well, I'm just feeding my subconscious. When I build my word splatter, I am priming my subconscious. I'm saying, here you go. Here's like 58 tennis balls that, um, and hopefully you'll toss me back at least one of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and want to play catch, you know? So yeah, that, that book was, uh, was the, the war of art was also 
That's uh, that's great. Bucket. That's gonna. Uh, I think a lot of people are gonna uh, be going out and grabbing those. Those sound wonderful. Yeah. So, well, let's let's uh, let's uh, let's get onto our prompt songs here. We got we got yeah. the weekly songs here, and and uh, uh, I'm not sure if we talked about it before, but uh, since I'm doing my in theory, doing my song a day January project this month. Uh, I didn't want to add too much extra onto it, so I was going to piggyback off of Timmy's Fearless Songwriting Week and just use his prompts for both me and the guests uh, that I'm having on this month. However, that plan has already been thwarted because the other two guests uh, that are that I've got scheduled <laughs> this month uh, didn't actually do Fearless Songwriting this 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 month. So uh, we'll see. We'll work it out. But Timmy, however, yeah. did. The, now the problem here is that I didn't follow through the whole week. I totally. This I've been doing this. Uh, this is my fourth year, and this is the first year that I've I've uh, missed. I, I think I missed. I've missed four days so far, maybe even five. Yeah. So, uh, but I did write a couple songs, and we'll. Uh, but but let's 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 talk about the one that you chose, or let's play it here. We've got yeah. "Tremble in the Wind" by Timmy Reardon. It is from day three of Fearless Songwriting in January 2021. Frost upon the stem Honey in a broken cup Excellent, excellent. I, you know, I, I want to just just uh, up front. I want to say that I really love the way that you, not just in this song, but the way that you you use your guitar in 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 most of the songs of yours that I've heard. That I you you don't do a lot of flashy things, uh, but you you it just really resonates. You hit some really cool. There's a, I'm not sure what chord it is that you you hit sort of in between the verses there uh, and sometimes in the but it, that there's that one kind of jazzy chord is just yeah. really really cool and then uh and then the 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 little uh fills that you do uh with the guitar are always very striking to me so just kudos to you on your guitar work uh i mean do you have a philosophy or any thoughts behind how you use a guitar when you're putting this together 
It's a hard question to answer, right? Because <laughs> it's just like what I'm doing. It's just what. It, well, so it's it's pretty yeah. instinctual. But I mean, do you have yeah. like? I mean, but, you'll, yes. go ahead. Yeah. So um, one of the things I was playing with uh, this week was um, just kind of like these uh, close. Uh, I'm gonna speak in music theory for a second. These, yeah. Uh, these close triads. Um, on the guitar, so chords that are three notes that are across three strings that are next to each other. Mm -hmm. um, so three notes that are next to on uh, across three strings. A chord is made up of three notes, as some people know. <laughs> um, if you're singing, um, you know, if you're playing the major scale, which is do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do, and then take and then harmonize it, so you're building the chords off of uh, that. Do, Re, Mi, Fa, So, La, Ti, Do. There are, there are certain chords that are built in the major scale. If you take, say, Do and Re, the chord that are, that's built off of Do and Re, um, that's six, six notes that do not overlap, but are all in the same scale. So it's, the, it's basically the, the major scale, but without a note. It happens to be, in that hmm. case, T that's left out. And, it, and you can do it with any two, uh, two chords that are kind of on the scale in a row. So if you were to, say, take the chord that's built off of so, which would be G in this case, and then the chord that's built off of la, which would be A minor, and put those, stick those uh, in a, into a song. It's kind of like this little vamp that gives you like the, the most of the major scale, almost all the major scale. Um, you're going to be missing, in that case, the, the fa note. Blah, 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 blah. It's probably too much. I'm trying to keep it jargonless, um, but it's probably too much. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's funny that, uh, it's funny that you, you, you know, when we get into theory, there, yeah. there are some, some folks that, that, that they're not into it, but then you got other folks that are really wrapped with attention yeah. in talking about the theory <laughs> stuff. So, so I'm not sure, but I, you know, I'm glad that you're, you're talking about it. Um, yeah. So, um, and that's a thing that I was kind of playing around with um, this week a lot. This guy, uh, Tommaso Zilio, um, who has a YouTube channel called Guitar uh, Music Theory for Guitar, um, has talked about this idea of just stealing, um, which in jargon are called the diatonic chords, like the two diatonic chords in a row, which just means two chords that are, two chords harmonized from the major scale that are in a row if you go do re mi fa so la ti do uh -huh, uh -huh. um in sort of normal language well, um well, well this makes me i i i i haven't i guess i haven't uh followed fearless enough to to see this myself but i'm told that you give a musical prompt mm -hmm. uh per, on your weekly uh, the weekly program that and, and it's not not strictly a a lyrical prompt or a picture prompt, but you do a, a, a musical prompt. How, how does that, what, what kind of prompts do you do there? Yeah. So I've done some different things, but um, mostly I'm kind of focusing on building out this idea. Um, I know uh, Terry, uh, Terry Sunflower talked about it um, of uh, bead guides chord flow. And that's a memory device, a monomic, um, Mnemonic? I don't know how you pronounce it. Mnemonic, that I think. Mnemonic, Mnemonic maybe. Mnemonic, yeah. <laughs> Johnny Mnemonic. I don't know. I'm yeah. trying to think of that old uh, Keanu Reeves yeah. movie. So, um, it's a device. All major chords, ostensibly to start. B E A D G C F. Any two of those chords next to each other, what I would call any neighbors, are friends. They sound great mm. together. So, um, bead. You have A and D to close together. If you play an A and a D chord together, oh my God, it's great. <laughs> a cool thing about it is you don't really need to worry about what key you're in, um, or it's not important what key you're in. So you could make it you know, A minor and D minor. That'd be fine. You could make it A major and D minor. That's gonna sound great too. D huh. minor and A minor also sound great together. Interesting. Um, and so any two neighbors are gonna sound great together because two neighbors sound good together. Any three chords in a row, uh, three letters in a row, are also going to sound pretty good together. Once you get there, those if all those chords are major, those are the um, those are the home chord, the kind of uh, friend chord, and the uh, the like 
angry neighbor chord, as I like to describe. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're speaking, or if you're speaking in the jargon, it's the one, the four, and the five that build most uh, that are the basically the 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 foundation of all music. And it and you can move it around. Um, and then you can and and you can also build it out from there. So if you take, I think I'm going to leave it there just because I feel like I'm I'm aware that the audience may or may not be super interested or you know. Yeah, well, that's, so, I think you've touched on it a lot. I mean that that's just to, just to know that if you're if you get involved with with your program that you'll get some. Yeah. Uh, uh, You'll get prompts, or 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 be able to derive inspiration from a, a variety of different prompt styles. So it wouldn't yeah. just be lyrical. Um, I know mm -hmm. that I know that sometimes I uh, I, I like writing lyrics, but I, I like experimenting with form a lot too yeah. musically. And I, I think uh, you know. So if you're if you're more if you're out there listening and you're more of a person who likes to play with form you'll you'll get that option as well if you're you're involved with timmy's uh, program i've so. been posting sheets kind of like fleshing this idea out in different mm -hmm. ways for maybe six months um okay. and so that's all on that's all on the website that's all on timmyr.com nice uh, nice yeah um and i actually reorganized it recently so you can you can just click on songwriting and that's all that you get a prompt and you get a, a musical principle or perfect idea. perfect yeah. that's great the other thing i just wanted to say is i really love your voice i, I you just oh, have such you, a man. uh you know this deep rich is is it even a baritone or is it uh no it's uh, definitely our i may have dropped a little bit at, at, you know mm -hmm. over my life because i'm now you know in my mid-40s but uh it's it's it was baritone last time i checked yeah it's just it's it's such a it's it's a great great voice and it, it just it's uh I, I love listening to it well let's let's talk about this song here so what, what what was your thought your thought process going into writing this this guy um so yeah so the prompt here um or the prompt for the week was this idea of like the um i pulled all the uh all the prompts from bowie songs from uh, his album let's dance so that uh that phrase uh tremble like a flower right tremble like a flower tremble like a flower yeah i'm, I'm yeah. hearing it now yeah so <laughs> <laughs> um from i want it to be let's it might be, may actually be from let's dance but it may be from one of the other songs on that album anyway um so i just grabbed that phrase and that was probably again like because it has such a spotlighted point in that song it was probably the most difficult uh prompt from the week sure if, if someone if someone just tripped on it they might because uh for instance perry who's been on your uh what uh podcast i think yeah. she was a the christmas ago. show yeah yeah she um she was like oh very bowie <laughs> you know when she saw that prompt but um so at least she at least caught on she got the joke uh -huh. this is another one where it was just kind of I wasn't feeling particularly good or necessarily inspired when I started this thing, or even when I had finished that um, my word splatter and my my catalog of metaphors. So I kind of just um, at some point I know that if I start writing, things are I'm going to continue writing, and that continuing to write is how you get the song done, whether you like it or not, yeah, um, or whether I like it or not, um, but. Also, whether you like it or not, I think it's just a matter of you know. I started with "Tremble in the Wind," I'm pretty sure, and then just like what rhymes with that. And I'm sure I looked at my my word my my like rhyme sheet and was like uh, stem and like you know kind of found my way there. I think "Honey in a Broken Cup" was maybe a phrase that was sort of there at some point, but yeah. So the, all these things are kind of like. I think the cannonball of fear is literally like a simile where fear and cannonball were on the page somewhere disparately, like, you know, spread apart on the, on the page. And I love that line. That is just, yeah. that is, uh, that is just a great, the cannonball of fear. It just really, that resonates with me. So, so those just happen to be on the page in separate parts and they just, they, your eyes were drawn to them. And so you use that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, um, feel like such a poser sometimes because it's just like i'm just like grant but you know but being every every artist or every muse um let's call the at the muse in this case every muse needs a strong editor <laughs> you know so i'm kind of oh. the editor or and i don't know if i'm a strong editor or not but um 
I am the person, in this case, like the muse and, and I are stuck together. I'm stuck with whatever is in my subconscious and I'm going to like, I'm the one who gets to whittle it down and figure out how it works. Well, I kind of feel like, I feel like human beings are meaning machines. They just, yeah. they want to place meaning on something. Mm -hmm. and, and that's, and you know, you could take something random and people will automatically apply meaning to it. And now, what you're doing though is you're applying. I mean, you you're gonna see these things and you're gonna apply taste to it. You're gonna say these sound yeah. like they go good together, um, yeah. and you may not have a firm idea of what it's supposed to mean when you're putting it down there. But I think that when you're writing a song, oftentimes the meaning of the song will emerge after you've mm -hmm. written it, it yeah. or, you know, you, you realize it's like, well, this, you know, maybe it was your subconscious mind working, yeah. but you bring it all together. And so, yeah, you know, I, I understand what you're saying. It's like, you feel like, well, I'm doing, you know, I'm pulling a bunch of random stuff together. Does this really count? You know? And, and it's like, well, it's not random. And yes, it does count. And, and... <laughs> no, absolutely. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree emphatically. Um, even though part of me is like, ah, you're still, you know, you're still a poser. But, um, but like 95% of me like agrees emphatically, maybe 99%. And I love, um, you know, that the, that thing you talked about of not knowing necessarily where it's going is so, to me, so important to embrace as a writer mm -hmm. that when I started writing this song, I did not know what the next line was. I certainly didn't know what the third line was. And that, that, that's the journey. Like that idea that fog of uncertainty, as I've come to call it, um, is kind of the bravery of, of doing the work, of sitting down and writing, to, to, to learning to manage and continue in the face of that fog that's ahead of you is the important thing. A friend of mine gave me this gift when I was speaking about the fog of uncertainty at one point where she said, well, fog's kind of romantic, right? Yes. <laughs> and it's just like that little reframe, at least for me in that moment where I'd been like, oh, it's this battle and it's this description of, um, What's that famous quote about, you know, uh, writers, you know, it's when you're writing, it's like you have, you're driving in the dark and you have your headlights and like, you can only see, you know, 20 feet in front of you, but you can make it the whole, you can make it the whole journey that way, which is a great metaphor. Um, mm, but also yeah. still kind of like, it's still kind of dark everywhere around you. And if the lights go out, you're screwed and there's a psycho killer out to get you. Um, but well, what yeah. I, what I was going to say was just that, um, I feel like not just with music, but writing or, or, or just creating in general that, um, ideally the process of doing it should be as exciting as the process of, of reading somebody else's thing. You know, you're reading like another, uh, person's, uh, like a book and you get excited. You're like, what's coming around the corner? I don't know. That's like really neat. And your brain's like going in all these different mm -hmm. directions of different possibilities of what might come. Um, and then the author kind of decides that for you. But this is, you know, I, it's kind of the same process when you're, when you're doing this, uh, you're writing a song is that you're, you're getting excited about something. You're looking at all the different possible ways that it could go. But the difference is, is that you get to make that decision. You're the one who gets to do it. And, um, I don't know. I, I think that, that writing a song can be a really exciting process. Yeah. Just, just like consuming somebody else's uh, art form as well. Hopefully the process is that exciting for you at some point, because otherwise, like, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a little bit more of a slog. But hopefully, like once you get it written um, in the best circumstances, once you get it written, it's that same thing. Like when you reread it, it's like, oh, this is like it's just as good. It's worth the reread. Sure. And it's this thing of, um, Scott Adams describes it, talks about his process. Like he knows that many songwriters talk about this thing that, you know, when they, when they cry, when they weep while they're writing, they know they've done the, they've done their job. Mm. And Scott Adams, the author of Dilbert says that when he laughs and can't stop laughing when he's thinking about a joke, 
like he knows that he's done his job like he knows that that's going to be and i feel like it's important to have that counterbalance and i think the same thing with what you're saying like when you're excited and you continue to be excited about this thing in the same way no matter even even though like you know your the the process and the that excitement of inspiration is you know far behind you like though that's another place where an, another way that the energy of having done good work can manif can manifest yeah i guess i ask everybody always to do a self critique of the prompt song that they did this week and I, yeah. When you when you're critiquing, what, what what's how would you critique this? How would you approach critiquing this or or trying to revise this? I mean, I guess the places that um, or the thing that I'm looking for at this point is just like the places where I feel like oh maybe it's a little shaky here or maybe I'm having like this like little thought that oh maybe it's not doing this line isn't doing its job you know um, and the place where when I was re-listening re to this song. Um, I most had that experience was like, oh, Dewey on the Vine, that's, that's a fine line. It does, it's, it, it's, it's fine, but it's not, but it's not as strong as say a sip of sweetheart wine or a thorny lip when loves appears. It's like, it's a fine way to get from one place to the other. Like it, it's, but it's, you know, it could be like, I feel like there's a lot, it, I feel like maybe it doesn't live up to the rest of the song. I don't sure. know. Hmm. Um, and that's just kind of like when I heard that line, I was like, oh, maybe there's something better. Because Dewey on the Vine, Dew on the Vine, like that's just, you know, it's just another cliche. And I'm trying, like, um, Pat talks about that thing of uh, his metaphor for cliches is um, the chapter where he talks about metaphors and simile. He, he opens that chapter with this uh, anecdote about a documentary about uh, puppy narcolepsy. <laughs> okay <laughs> so there's this puppy running through the meadow and all of a sudden it just like falls over and then it gets up and like it's falling and then it just falls asleep again and as you're watching this transpire you slowly come to realize that in the background there's a song that's playing and the lyrics have just as the puppy falls asleep the lyrics just went oh uh something like um let's let's hold hands i hope you understand and or you know and you know this cliche just like put the puppy to sleep or you know take a chance uh, on romance let's have a dance and like the puppy just <laughs> falls over <laughs> you know seems like there are uh, certain rhymes that are worth worth avoiding uh yeah. at well, all costs right yeah that's what he says and obviously like you can make an argument that you know the beatles made a made a career on the rhymes uh of hand and understand it's well yeah but i i think there's a uh, boy cliches you know that's kind yeah. of a I, <laughs> the, this is the thing about cliches is is they don't bother me if there's something else about the music that's new yeah because yep. because you do you hear pop songs every year that are um that they're covering the same territory same rhymes yeah uh but but sometimes you'll get somebody who just has it's a great hook yeah it's just a great hook and 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 the fact that they're saying i love you for the 15th billion time sometimes yeah. sounds new again and so i'm you know that's that's where it comes into you know music is not just writing the words the yeah. the music uh, mm -hmm. i mean song songs are not just songwriting is not just writing words it is matching the music to the words and you can make the same word a different word because you have different notes behind it and yeah. and i see the music oftentimes as it either supports what you're saying yep. or it can be contrast to it it can be you know, we were talking about the upbeat, sad song, right? Yeah. You know, you can have music that offsets and adds depth to whatever they're saying, even if it's really superficial and straightforward and, and been said a million times. So I'm not I'm not quite as down on cliches as, as some folks. And in fact, I think yeah. oftentimes choruses are it's pretty good to be a cliche to or or a play on a cliche or something like that. Yeah. And, then, and I um, yeah, I'm not I'm not. I want the song to work. Yeah. Uh, you know, and there are times when, you know, probably a cliche is just fine. And maybe like Dewey on the Vine, maybe it's fine. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's not hurting anybody and maybe it helps the song. Maybe it's like a place where people can land 
and be like, oh, all this strange stuff is swirling around me, and this is something I can finally glom onto, you know? Um, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, but that's, that's kind of like, in terms of editing, that's one thing I'm thinking of uh, when, like, the cliches are, like, I don't want it. And I guess I'm looking for kind of, I'm agreeing with you, like, I'm looking for the same, like, is it doing it in a fresh way? If I'm saying this, mm. if I'm using this cliche, or if I'm referring to this cliche, if I'm referring to this cliche, then probably I am doing it in a fresh way. But if I'm using this cliche, is it doing it in a fresh way? And if I'm using a musical cliche, um, am I mm -hmm. doing it in a fresh way? You yeah, know? yeah. Or in yeah. a way that adds to the song. Yeah. And, and you know, sometimes... Sometimes using cliche... I don't know. Sometimes, like... Uh, I mean, Dewey on the Vine... I mean, Dewey on the Vine, to me, actually, is not that cliche. I mean, there's there's Dew on the Vine. Yeah. You know, which is... But Dewey? That, that like, that's a small... that That's different than how I've heard heard that. <laughs> So it is. It's adjacent to a cliche, but I don't. I don't know that I do think it's cliche, um, yeah. and it, and it's something that uh, it's also thematic. So it's sort of like is it is it cliche if it still fits? You know, mm -hmm. it, it it makes sense that it follows this discussion about you know you have a line about wine, right? Yeah. And so you're Dewey on the vine. I mean, it. You know, wine and vine kind of even though they rhyme, they go together as yeah. well in a in a in a real sense. So. I don't know. I, yeah. So, yeah. but I'm not to say, you know, there, there may be a way to, 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 to do it differently that, 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 that you would like better. But, um, but, but anyway, it's just an interesting discussion about, yeah. about cliches no, and is. how yeah. they fit in and, and, and <laughs> how much, how much you have to vary it for it to no longer be a cliche. I think that's an interesting question. Yeah. And other, I mean, other things I'm looking for as I'm going through and kind of just scanning the song is like, you know, does, how, how does it scan? Is everything like, do I need, is there a word in there that doesn't fall in the right syllable? Um, is there, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, is there, you know, is there anything that just is awkward? Um, is there anything that, um, yeah, it's just like, it's very much a matter of, as you said, taste. Um, and yeah. saying, is this living up to my taste? Um, or am I just gonna put in put it in the file and forget about it for? <laughs> well, it's you're also it, 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 you know taste has a lot to do with it. Also, just like what's the form that you're working in? I mean, you're yeah. you're working in, you know, you're 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 known by song schoolers and 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 just people that are very much you know focused on 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 the words, which is what you're focused on as well. And so yeah. you probably set yourself at a standard for that that is different than somebody who may be more of like trying to write a pop song or something like mm -hmm. that and so but that is it does ultimately come down to taste so yeah very nice well that's that, that's a great song yeah. man i i, I really Thank like you. it i like it um upholstering a burning sun i like that uh, there's there's just some you know a lot of great language and like i said the guitar stuff i i really appreciate what you're doing on that and it's it's cool that it's more instinctual for you um than the uh, so all right well let's uh let's move on here and we can play my song real quick this here is my challenge song this week it is from day four of song a day january and in fact is the last song that i wrote in january so far um but it was from day two of the fearless songwriting challenge mm -hmm. the prompt i believe was i have it written down here stars crashing is that does that sound right? Yeah, that's right. Or was it Crashing Stars? One of those two. It was uh, Stars Crashing, and I I can't tell you what Bowie song that was from anymore, but it was it was from the Let's Dance album. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is my challenge song, which is called The Day I Saw a Star Fall to the Ground. Come gather round I'll tell you a terrible tale T'was a dawn I was shocked By a crack And a flash beyond the horizon The air it burned And soon I learned That day I saw a star Fall to the ground 
fall to the ground, fall to the ground. Oh, how we shook as we saw the woods splinter with fire from the sky, lost the light, and the day ran away into the night we tried to leave when we could not breathe the day we saw a star fall to the ground fall to the ground fall to the ground This guy, um, boy, I, it's been, I don't know, the start of the month was really rough. I was feeling, I had some stomach issues going on. Um, not sure if I'd just eaten some bad stuff, but I was feeling pretty miserable. And then I like tweaked my back uh, and yeah. <laughs> I've had some neck issues because, you know, it's like when I sit down and I start songwriting uh, every day, um, I get, I have some really horrible ergonomic uh, habits um, mm-hmm. and uh, they, they seem to be. Well, I don't know if I was exacerbating them so much or just because I was already feeling kind of crummy that they were being yeah. highlighted. But um, I, I just, I don't know. I was having a hard time focusing this week. But um, but once I got going on this, I, I this is an example of a song that I started and I almost immediately rejected all the stuff that I was coming up with. I was going to do a Stars Crashing. I wanted to play off of Stars, uh, like Hollywood Stars. Yeah. And... And I was going to go with um, the idea that you're crashing a star party and, you, you know, but you're alone at the while you're doing it. Um, and then, I don't know, that it wasn't working for me. Uh, so then I was thinking, well, maybe it's a stalker. Maybe it's somebody who's stalking Hollywood stars in the Hollywood Hills. Uh, and then I decided that was too creepy. The first one was kind of depressing. The second one was really creepy. And I just didn't want to go there. And um, yeah. especially since I'd been kind of, I think I'd been feeling really lonely early in the day. Mm. Um, but I, I think what it ultimately came down to is that I just, I I was, I think I was sticking, I'd come up with a basic chord progression and I was sticking too closely to the root chord with the melody. And it didn't, mm-hmm. it just was kind of boring me. So, so yeah. I had to, you know, throw away what I'd worked on and I, I went, went for a walk because that's where I do a lot of my songwriting uh and and then finally came up with some sort of uh melodic hook or the you know the the basically the chorus um came up and uh and then the question was well what is is that a metaphor are we talking about something you know is this the end of a relationship maybe uh and then it just kind of 
struck me that, you know, it might be interesting to do, do it literally, you know, really just, you know, they're meteors, you know, somebody who sees not, I mean, not a literal star. So there's a metaphor yeah. going on there, but, <laughs> but like a meteor, you know, there, there have been times where you get like these meteor impacts and they are devastating. They're like a, you know, a bomb yeah. dropping a huge bomb dropping. Um, but the idea that maybe it happened close enough to a populated area that, that some people witnessed it and how devastating that could be if it destroyed your, your town or your city. Cause it would, you know, it would set things on fire. And, um, so I, I, I thought that was kind of a cool image and, you know, we're dealing with all sorts of feels like, uh, uh, catastrophe is kind of one of the themes in the last year. So, but then it, it ended up being, I, I didn't know it was going to go this direction, but it ended up being kind of an optimistic song. The idea is like, this was horrible. This was this awful, awful thing. But you know what? We survived and we still thrived after it was over. And and so I, I've had some, I, I started off with the first song that I wrote for for January, I guess was a bit of a downer. And I got some people that were telling me it was a bit of a downer. And so... Uh, unfortunately it gets in the back of my mind because it's yeah. you know i'm not just writing i'm also kind of entertaining and and people have been paying more attention in a lot of ways to the stuff i've been doing in this last year online because that's what they got to do in a pandemic so yeah. um so i feel a little bit more like i want to entertain but i still want to deal with my dark interests you know my the sadness and so so anyway, that that's basically how I wrote it. it did anything stand out to you on on this? Oh song? man, lots of stuff is is really cool in this. I mean, I love that uh, that uh, you know just opening up with uh, "Gather Around," which is obviously like, you know, maybe a Dylan nod, but like it's also just kind of this like folksy like you know folk song kind of. Um, I don't want to say cliche. Um, trope, maybe. Uh, maybe that, is that the same thing? Did I just go to my? Thesaurus? Well, you see, is a trope yeah. just a good cliche? I mean, that's a good question because yeah. it was definitely. I don't know, but it's it's a it's a maybe the best. Like it's a folk way to in, in, introduce a song, and I like that it's kind of drawing on that. Like it has this kind of like uh, this waltzing three four, uh, you know, uh, feel that's like a little bit in the verse. It's like you know you could you could swing your beer stein to it and then in the in the uh or excuse me in the chorus you can you know kind of swing your beer stein to it and then in the uh in the verse you're like you're like yeah i should listen right now um and um and that's really cool i like you know the the idea of the terrible tale you know this thing that um it just feels like um this introduction but then it isn't like i mean it could be a folk song but it's also like Oh, this star fell to the ground. And it's like, and then my mind had to like kind of work and like, is it a, like, is it a literal star? And I kind of like the idea of maybe it is a little a literal star. Like maybe like, maybe that you know in this in this world that David's creating, it could be that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe it maybe it is a metaphor. I mean, obviously, and then maybe and then obviously in the context of this song, it becomes pretty clear that it's just what you said, a, a meteor. Um, but I like I like all that. I like that it has the possibility to kind of move over into that other thing. Yeah. Um, and I like the way you handle the pacing of the song. How you know, um, you know, through the verse, you kind of hang out on you know, come gather around, and it holds out for like four beats or whatever. And then like when you get to the ver to the chorus, it's like it picks up and it's just it's just all of a sudden it is just that kind of sea shanty or like you, you know beer swinging kind of song where it's <laughs> you know it's all and like everyone can join in and sing i know, like that as a song. genre by the way beer swinging songs that's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the good album name or something yeah yeah i like that play between you know because i you know i like the 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 play on words kind of thing i you know i i like that that sound odd and filled with awe uh, play in the verse, and um, and also the choice he made in the in the third verse to, you know, to kind of do that like break that folk breakdown of just strumming the guitar and mm. you know singing the line and then another guitar strum, and you know the next line and giving it giving that third verse uh, the space, um, that it deserves I guess you know, um, and also that turns a, to to make it like this thing that's actually kind of hopeful it's a terrible tale that like we made it 
which I feel like, you know, um, as a metaphor for like, we aren't quite there with COVID, but like yeah. we're, we're almost there. And I feel like there, there's that kind of, you know, it's, you know, we we'll make it through. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think people are looking for songs of that have some sort of hope, uh, to them. I, you know, that, that opening line, that, that was kind of me thinking, I, it did occur to me that it's, it's, uh, you know, come gather around people where, yeah, it's sort yeah. of a, got a Dylan thing, but it was, I was thinking more in terms of like those post-apocalyptic movies where, yeah. you know, oh, cause yeah. I, I, I think of, I wanted to be a screenwriter at one point. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I think sometimes in that come gather around and I'll tell you all a terrible tale. And I imagine that he's telling a bunch of kids this story actually. And I, that's one thing I've thought about is maybe changing it from good sirs to ladies fair to something like young, <laughs> young sirs and maidens fair, you know, and, and make it, you know, more explicit that it's young people. Uh, but, but he's just yeah. this, you know, he's a raconteur. He's just telling, you know, a, a really scary story, but, you know, ultimately lets people off the hook at the end of it. Let's see. I think I, I have to critique this here myself, right? Yeah. So, so that's something I might change is make that more explicit that he's talking to kids. Oh, I think in this second verse here, oh, how we shook as we saw the wood splinter with fire from the sky is actually continuing that line from above. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, the the melody doesn't really match with it. And I think that probably needs to change. Uh, I mean, it was originally going to be in the sky or and the sky lost the light, but I like that F, the the fire followed by from. I like the way mm. that kind of followed. So I, I don't know if there's a way for me to to, to make that match. But um, I'm getting a lot of good response on the line, the day ran away into the night, which is interesting because yeah. to me, I thought that was the blandest, one of the blandest lines in the thing. I was thinking... Uh, I was thinking that it was borderline cliche, um, but it, it, it's interesting that that people are that's resonating with people, and so I'm like, yep, hands off, you know. I mean, that's one of those things. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, if if so, if people are really liking it, even if you're kind of like, eh, then and there's mm-hmm. been a few songs, uh, you know, that, that happens, you know, periodically. So, yeah, I felt no fear. Well, my performance of this was really bad. I was it was late at night, and I just wasn't feeling great anyway and so uh i I don't know it may not be in the right key for me i need to sometimes Mm -hmm. it takes a little bit of time to figure out the right key uh though i like the chord forms i'm playing sound i mean that's those are the basics but i think it's i think it's got some good this is one of those songs where i feel like it's there's just a lot of melody there's a lot of leaps and yeah uh, sort of peaks and valleys and and I think originally I was, you know, I came up with a very melodic and kind of hooky verse and I was worried that the chorus wasn't going to be hooky enough, but it almost feels like the chorus melody or the progression, the chord progression is almost kind of a break from how melodic, the the, the melodic peaks and valleys of the the, the verse. So I've kind of grown to like that, I guess. I feel like that chorus is is kind of like super hooky because it is a relief, you know. Yeah. It's like you know, it's like oh, this, we're going to come back here. Yeah, I really I I like it, and I also I also like um, this kind of structural structural thing you did where um, the first line has its space and it sets up that space, and then you repeat that space, um, you know, and then you kind of leave the horizon is like something totally off that that line um or it's an addition mm. to that line i should say you know i like i like how you did that in in this song it's like oh here da 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 oh yeah 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 that is yeah thank you thank you you're welcome you know there's occurs to me i don't I don't really do a lot of rhyming in this. I, you know, I'm kind of bad. I don't, I don't rhyme. It's like, if I can get, if I can get away with, well, I mean, I don't, let me not say it that way. If I can get away with like internal rhymes instead of end rhymes, yeah. that's always better. But then if I can get away with near rhymes instead of solid rhymes that I'm, I'm, I kind of cheat, but this is one where I, I don't think, I think I like going completely different directions here now that I'm looking at it. Yeah. Uh, well, burned yeah. and learned. That's like the only rhyme. Those are like quick rhymes right there in the, 
anyway, I'm going to have to look at that closer, yeah. but I don't, it didn't draw me out. Did it draw you out at all that there wasn't much rhyming going on? No, I think there is like some internal rhyme because that horizon is, is rhyming with Dawn. I was like, I know that rhymes with something I was like searching oh, for. Oh yeah, you're right. Okay. Um, and oh yeah. Even, and sky, even light, night. is sort of, yeah. is sort of, it's not that on sound, but it's still that off sound. So there's like, it's. Yeah. You know, yeah. 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 Something well, you said in there, um just reminded me like you were talking about you know how a song should serve um should serve the the listener um Mm -hmm. and how that's something that you're you're aiming for and it just reminded me uh one small thing that i do on uh on my word splatters is um i started doing this about a year ago um is write the words uh embrace tender strength which is basically a reminder to be like that i can be vulnerable in my songwriting Mm. and that is strong like that's you know that's for me what that phrase tender strength is it's like oh there's strength in vulnerability absolutely vulnerability and then i also uh leave the word gift uh just underneath that phrase and i kind of put that it's just this little reminder to myself and i feel like yeah maybe i don't always pay attention to it but most of the time it just gives me this opportunity to be like right this is for someone else you know and that's the point, you know, hopefully <laughs> it's a, well, I, I like that. That's a, that's a great thought. And I, and I, it's something that I don't always want to write for other people, but I, I've yeah. definitely, I would say since the pandemic set in, I, I, I was talking about this in a different episode, but, but I, I feel more obligated to, to write for other people. And that I, I think sometimes when things are going good, it, 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 the, the temptation to be more critical of things is is easier yeah but when things are going bad then yeah so i i don't know i've adapted a little bit on that and we'll see i you know because you know i i grew up really loving punk rock and which is all you know super critical and not to say there isn't stuff to be critical of right now but i for whatever reason i and maybe it's just because i've gotten older but i i feel more like if I can jump in the, like that idea, like you're serving someone and that you're serving your audience and that audience may be served by different things like a punk rock audience. Like they, you know, it's, it's serving the, those angry teenagers that need Mm -hmm. a place to get to, to vent their anger, um, in, in a healthy way. Terry, Terry Delaney. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to go to her class, but she talks about that, that idea of mission. Um, and how, you know, for Ellis, it's, um, opening people's hearts, but as a foil to that, she shares this, this idea of mission of, you know, helping people to open their hearts, which is beautiful. And everyone, when they hear Ellis's, uh, or many people, when they hear Ellis's mission is like, that's my mission too. (laughs) Um, and as a foil to that, Terry will talk about the death metal band that she also managed at some point or heavy metal band. Um, that she also worked with at some point to help and how their mission was to stop teenagers from killing themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I remember her talking about that in the the class I sat in on. Yeah. That's a striking, I mean, just a really eye opening story. Uh, you know, it's interesting, heavy metal, heavy metal fans. There's, there's a lot of interesting tales about how they're like the cleanest fans. They always clean up after the, you know, at, at whatever performance and, I think they're the least likely to have marital infidelity. It's interesting. It's just interesting because you you do look at it on the face of, but it's almost like a primal scream type of thing. You know, they're they're just getting all of that stuff out there, in yeah. the art. But that's I, I actually I'd love to have uh, a heavy metal songwriter on at some point. So I'm oh, that'd I need be to amazing. yeah I, I <laughs> so that's I actually kind of know somebody. Uh, nice. So we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see, but yeah. hey I think this has been a fantastic discussion. Uh, and, uh, we're, we're, it's about time to wrap up here and I just want to give you an opportunity. Well, I mean, first off, I just want to, I just want to thank you. Thank you so much for coming in. Your name is just bounced up and it's just shown up in so many of, of the episodes. And it's so great to actually sit down and, and finally just have a real conversation about songwriting with you. And it has just been an absolute pleasure, man. Thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you, David. It's, it's, uh, the same to you. It's been, it's. I've had such, it's been so wonderful to, uh, to be, to have the opportunity to take the opportunity to listen to your podcast the, the last couple, um, weeks as I've been kind of gearing up for this thing. 
And I'll be honest, like I was like, yeah, I, I feel obligated to listen to this thing now. <laughs> and I was so pleasantly surprised. Like it's it's a great um, it's a great resource, and you're doing a, you're doing really good work for for the community. You know, oh, um, that's good to hear. Yeah, that's good um, to hear. So it's been you know I'm I'm now a subscriber and uh, and uh, and a happy subscriber. You know. <laughs> oh, that's that's good. That 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 means a lot to me, man. That means a lot to yeah. me. And. Uh, um, well, you know, it just goes to show that, you know, if you get, you get people that care about the craft, uh, you know, or just care about anything and you get them talking about stuff, it's yeah. pretty interesting. You learn stuff, you learn stuff. Yeah. And it seems like, uh, you know, eventually this will probably round about to being like the same old discussion, but, but so far it's been like <laughs> something new in every discussion with yeah. people. So, well, Hey man, do you want to, I, there've been some stuff you've, you've already talked about your website, but I mean, do you want to do uh, uh, any more promotion for anything that you got? Yeah, I mean, the, the website is timmyr.com. It's also at fearlesssongwriter.com, but timmyr is probably easier to remember. Um, what else? Uh, if, if you want people to throw money at you, how would they do that? Uh, I have a Patreon, um, which I think is also, I think it's Timmy R Music. So it's backslash Timmy R Music after Patreon.com. Is, is, is there a link on your, your website? Yeah. And the cool things um, to, you know, go to the website and the sign, you can sign up for the weekly uh, prompt and the email um, on the website. And I think, you know, I, I love doing that. And I, and I hope it's a, it's a resource for people. I'm trying to give people, my goal is to give people tools to, to, to attack songwriting with and a reason to, to write songs as well. Um, you, you're doing, I mean, <laughs> it, 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 I can't, I can't even say how much, uh, good you're doing for the songwriting community just because so many songwriters are, 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 you know, take, take on your, your fearless songwriting challenge and they come up with some amazing stuff from it. You're really, you're making the world a better place, man. Thank you, man. <laughs> Thank you. No, I appreciate that, David. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun to do. And I love, you know, and it gives, and it's the, the head fake is it helps me write songs too. There you go. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> yep. Yep. So it's, it's working for everybody. Yeah. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, please consider donating to the program via Venmo at Dave Coyle or paypal.me slash Dave Coyle. In the meantime, keep your songwriting raw and riveting. Um, Gather round, I'll tell you a terrible tale. Twas a dawn, I was shocked by a crack and a flash beyond the horizon. 